Hello and welcome to the podcast of Tech EU. I am your host, Andre Degeler. In today's episode, I would like you to listen to an interview with Heine Zakariasen, the founder of an app called Vivino. I think most of you know this app. I also know it. And I think we've all, at least once in our lives, have been stuck in a supermarket looking at the wall of wine, trying to find something that we would like to buy. So Vivino actually helps you do just that. So Heine launched Vivino in Denmark more than 10 years ago and on recently he stepped down as the CEO. We met at Tech Barbecue, the conference I've been recently to in Denmark. It was a great event, so thanks a lot to the organizers once again. So listen to this conversation to learn more about getting to 1.5 billion of wine labels, about raising 155 million US dollars in funding. You can also learn how COVID has impacted wine consumption across the world and how not to go crazy when stepping down as the CEO. So my name is Heine Sakharazen. I'm the um, uh, founder of Vivino. Uh, Vivino is the world's largest wine app and community with over 50 million users. I've been, you know, part of building the company for the past, what is it, 11, 12 years or something. I've been CEO most of the time, but but I just stepped down. So now I get to have a little bit more fun. That's great. So what's your position now? Well, right now we're onboarding a new CEO. So that, I'm part of that. Uh, but I think for the future, it's going to be more what I'm doing right now, a lot of evangelism and so on. So, so we'll see where that goes. <laughs> I'm sure I can keep myself busy. Yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I don't doubt. <laughs> so uh, were you actually the, uh, the first uh, company to uh, create this kind of product? Definitely not. No, no. So the wine, like when you think about an app for wine, it, that just makes a lot of sense, right? So when we launched Vivino, Someone told us there were actually 600 wine apps in the app store. So it was like a lot going on, but you know, quality varied, and it was all kinds of stuff. But we we just kept going, kept focusing, and uh, at some point the app got better and better, and and we sort of we definitely won the space, I would say. And uh, so if we can uh, go all the way back, so what actually brought you to uh, founding the company? Was it was it your personal like interest in wine? So, so you know, I obviously loved wine. I think the reason why we did this was for people like me that didn't know too much about wine. It was really about, hey, how can we help the people that want to drink better wine but uh, but don't know how to do that? So, so my personal story is like walking into a supermarket and looking at a wall of wine and not knowing what to what to buy, and you know, like making yourself feel a little bit stupid because you don't know what to do, right? And you know, we get a rating of a book, of a movie, everything, but a wine apparently is a secret. So, so we really wanted to change that and say, okay, there's got to be a way to solve that problem. Turned out, there's a lot of different wines in the world. <laughs> surprise, surprise! Yeah, surprise, surprise! So, so, so it was a lot of work to figure that. It was a reason why nobody had solved the problem because the real problem here is the data, right? Nobody has the data uh, to figure out if a wine is good or, or or not so good, right? So, we had to start with building that, and and that's a big uh, chicken and the egg, right? You need mm -hmm. to uh, you need to figure that out. But um, we we got there in the end, but it took a few years, really. And I mean, I, I read uh, just recently uh, in uh, the coverage of your uh, latest funding round, which we'll talk about uh, in a bit, uh, that you've got a, a database of 1.5 billion uh, wine labels. Yes. So how did you actually uh, approach uh, like gathering all this data? Because yeah, like now now that you have it, of course it's, uh, it's great, and now now you can uh, uh, leverage it. But when you didn't have this data, how did you get it? We basically built it from scratch, which means here in Copenhagen, 11 years ago, I will be sending out emails to the local wine stores and said, hey, I'm doing this thing. Do you mind if I come into your store and take a picture of every single wine you have in the store? And we did that. And then we had a team in India and they sort of started building data on that. And so it was very, very manual in the beginning. Um, 
and 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 that's fine to get started a little bit, but really it's not till you get a little bit of users to start sending you labels and, and pictures because that's when you get you know, the most relevant things, right? Mm-hmm. Because the users know what they want. The users mm-hmm. drink the right wine. So so that's just a basic start of it all. Uh, we did a couple of other hacks too, but it was a, it was tricky. And yeah, like you say, it's a lot of pictures now. Yeah, so basically you mean that uh, like whenever uh, the user takes picture and it's not matched, uh, then you get it like in a separate sort of channel and then it means that uh, this image has to be processed. Uh, so you have to find uh, find out what it is. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And in the beginning, that's actually pretty important, right? Because um, in most cases, we wouldn't recognize. We sort of claimed, hey, you know what? We matched 30% of all the wines out there. It was probably more like 10. But, but the other 90%, how can we give the users that come in there somewhat of a success, mm-hmm. right? And we just did that manually. We said, okay, you, you, we, we can't find this wine right now. But then it went into the, like you say, processing queue. They would match it and come back a few hours later and say, hey, by the way, we match the wine now. We think it's this wine. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, maybe I'll give it another shot another day, right? So the more you can do that, you build a database and give a little bit of success when you, when you fail, actually. Oh, this is really interesting. So, and how big is the company now? What are the what are the like main uh, numbers, uh, top line sure. numbers that you've got? Yeah, well, we're we grew 100 percent in 2020. So, which you know, people are at home; they want to drink wine. <laughs> so, we actually sold wine for a quarter of a billion dollars in 2020. Uh, so, incredible year. And then we raised a big round early this year, 2021. We were 200 people when we started the year. Uh, we'll add another 150 or something this year. So, growing incredibly fast and selling wine in 17 different markets around the world. Uh, what are these markets and like what are the main markets for you now? So US is actually by far the biggest market, uh, just under half of our sales. The rest is mostly in Europe, a little bit of Asia. So all the big markets in Europe uh, were active now. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been interesting. Let's put it that way. So just to make sure that we are all on the same page, uh, you, myself and the listeners. So your business model is that uh, you are selling the wine uh, that uh, people are uh, like uh, looking for on the app. Yeah, pretty much. So so it's a marketplace. So you can actually buy wine uh, through the app. And that's how we, we, we make our money is, is, is through that. Yeah. So well-known, well-known business model for that. Funny thing is the scanning and all those things which are important part of the app. When it comes to the commercial side... It's actually people don't buy as much as we thought when they're scanning. But once they've started using the app, we can recommend them great stuff based on the data and so on. So so that part has been very successful for us. Yeah, so so to me, it seems like uh, you get uh, uh, the customers when they are actually not buying from you because like probably first time people use the Vino is in a supermarket in the scenario that you described for yourself. And that's something I find myself uh, uh, in uh, often as well. So you just come to the supermarket, you scan uh, the bottles and you just uh, need to find like the, the, the best wine, something that you would be interested in buying. And then how do you actually convert these people to start buying from the app and not from the supermarket anymore? Yeah, so not saying we should do that. You, we, you know, we love that you use it in the supermarket. It's great. And when you do that, we learn from you, right? We learn that, oh, oh, he likes this kind of wine. This is the price level and so on. And then slowly we start, you know, hopefully educating you in what we think a good, a good wine is and so on. A lot of the people that buy in the supermarket, when they buy online, it's a little bit more expensive. So, so we sort of move people up a little bit when it comes to to buying through the app. But for us, it's about, hey, this is a great way of buying wine and we'll find the wines that you will like. Uh, I think that's sort of the, the pitch right there. Right. So let's move on to the funding. Uh, the uh, 155 million uh, US dollars round in uh, February, which was, I think, more than you had uh, raised uh, uh, before yeah, in, in total indeed. So uh, why, uh, why so much money? What do you want to do with it? 
Yeah. I, I, so first, obviously, 2020 was a special year, right? Oh, so yes. suddenly everything just jumps and suddenly all the metrics are right. Like growth is amazing. You can now show unit economics that work. All those checks that that sometimes are missing a startup were just really uh, good at that point. And, and we were in a situation when then I said, okay, how can we take the company to the next level? And and so we're doing many different things, but just to mention a few, like we, we obviously want to improve the product anymore, uh, a lot more. So we, we're going to invest heavily in product engineering. Uh, we're in Copenhagen here. We have quite a big team on that. Uh, but but we're honestly have come really, really far with a relatively small team. This mm-hmm. is a big global app, but the product engineering team has done really well with, with not that many resources. So that's a big thing for us to sort of move that upwards. The other two things I wanted to mention is that we're active in a lot of markets, right? So we sell wine in a lot of different markets, but we don't have that many people either. So we want to take the key markets, US, UK, Germany, Italy, and so on, and put more people on the ground to really be able to compete with the local players. And thirdly, like like a lot of other people, you want to do more customer acquisition, uh, more marketing. We don't do that much of that because mm-hmm. most of our traffic is actually organic. Yeah. So, uh, so those three things are the, are the biggest things we're doing right now. And do you actually have competitors in terms of like other apps? I don't think I have heard about too yeah. many. No, I, w- I wouldn't know. Not in the app space specifically, but like obviously we're we're competing for people's attention and yeah. and where do you buy your wine and so on. So it's a big market that's fiercely competitive. But a lot of the people that we compete with, we also work with. So we work with a lot of retailers already. So so it's 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 a bit of both. But in the app space, there's not much anymore now. Right. And uh, I mean, you've been collecting all these data for so many years. Do, have you got any interesting like anecdotes about all these like patterns and uh, the evolution of tastes and stuff like that? Well, what is it that you're seeing? Yeah, I think uh, so. So some we talk about the data and, and, and people say, hey, what does the data tell you? And, and data doesn't really tell you much except that uh, that you have to ask it really smart questions and then it comes back. Um, but we have some very interesting long term trends and so on, which are really cool, like uh, things like rosé keeps growing, which is interesting, and we have uh, seasonality uh, that that's interesting. Also, during COVID, we saw a couple of things that were like, okay, interesting, maybe even concerning, uh, meaning that uh, that people drank more during the weekdays and less over the weekend, but and also started earlier on weekdays. So, so a little bit of things that were like, yeah, okay, cool down a little bit. So, so we see all those things obviously in in the data, and it's quite interesting. Right. Yeah, no, I, I can imagine. And uh, so basically for you right now, as far as I understand, it's not getting new customers anymore, but it's actually getting new people, like new companies to sell wine on your marketplace. Yeah, I think that's a part of it. But also we have a really, really big user base mm-hmm. and we'd love to convert more of those into actual buyers too, right? So, so if we look at, we do get a lot of people that install the app every single day and we'd love to convert more of them into actually buyers on the platform. That happened during 2020 and obviously still happening at a new level really uh, right now and and we're spending a lot of resources on that too. Right. And uh, since you mentioned uh, that you stepped down as a CEO and uh, I just wanted to also ask about your own sort of entrepreneurial journey. So like, how was it for you? Like from the beginning to this, uh, I mean, not an end of the journey, but like, I mean, a milestone, let's say. Yeah. If, you, if you look back, what, uh, what can you tell about uh, the way it's all, uh, it's all happened? I mean, I guess it's always a roller coaster, right? It's up and down and sideways. And, and sometimes we, you know, when you, when you see a duck swimming in the ocean, um, you'll see it just floats real sort of steady, but actually we're paddling like crazy under the water. You don't really see that. So, so it obviously it's a crazy, crazy roller coaster. Um, for us, 
I think it's been fantastic. Like, look, I, I'm an entrepreneur because I love building stuff and I love talking to people that have used the product and like the product. So, you know, I'm not definitely not complaining about anything, but it's it's just a, it's a fantastic journey to be on. I think I would recommend it for uh, for most people. But yeah, that's yeah. What can I say? <laughs> But uh, what sort of what sort of feeling do you get when you sort of step down as a, as the CEO and uh, like leave the operations to to somebody else? So so I the thing is we I did step down earlier mm -hmm. and then we didn't work with the CEOs and I stepped in again. Uh, and I'll tell you the first time it was actually really really difficult it, because we we you know we're, we're somewhat obsessed people right. And there's a reason why we do well is because we're obsessed by the things we do. And then suddenly you have to unplug that obsession. And I think that was really, really difficult um, because you have to sort of get out of it. And people said to me, hey, looks like you're doing great. Well done. And I was like fucking burning inside. <laughs> so, no, it was really, really hard in the beginning. But and now it's been much easier because I sort of know what I'm going through and so on. So, so it's all good. I think one thing I will recommend to people that are going through that is that make sure you're busy afterwards. Make sure you have something. Me personally, when when I... Stepped down the first time, I started a YouTube channel. I said, okay, I got to make sure I'm very busy. And I think it was been a lot. I do startup videos and, mm -hmm. and, and you should always all check them out too. But that was really important for me to, to, uh, to have that, to fill up your time. Right. So, and, uh, and now that uh, you're doing it again, uh, what's, uh, uh, are you doing anything else? What's your uh, sort of, what's the next thing? Yeah. I, and then people ask, hey, are you going to do another startup? What are you going to do? And so on. I think... First and foremost, I'm going to take it a little bit cool. I, I'd love to do more YouTube videos. I think that's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I enjoy that very much. Funny thing about doing those things is like, it's like you have a small product release every time you you release a video yeah. and it's it's a lot of fun. So I can recommend that. So I, honestly, I'm not sure. We'll see. We'll see where where the future takes us. So a lot of a lot of people in this sort of position also get to angel investing or something like that. Is that something you're doing as well? I, I'm doing a little bit of it. Not much yet, but... Um, it's really doing investments is something I, I, I respect a lot because it's not something that's easy. So I'm, I'm, let's put it, I'm dabbling a little bit with it. Let's put it that way. And do you think Vivina is still a part of the uh, Danish or the Nordic startup ecosystem or has it become uh, separate from it? Is it, is it like more, more a US company now? So how do you see it? No, I think we're very much integrated still. I think like this is where we come from. This is where we built the company. No, I think that that's super important. And, and the ecosystems here are just incredibly strong and I, I don't think we'd be here without these ecosystems so I think we're it's important for us I think so have you seen it have you seen it mature over the years like what uh, what are the what do you see happening with the ecosystem in general yes uh, like clear yes and I'm uh, what am I'm 49 years old now and like we're in 2021 like 20 years ago there was nothing here there, there was no ecosystem and 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 some people sat down and said hey we want to build this and I think that happened like 20, 20 years ago or so. And, and it's so, so important. And you look at other cities that are bigger, maybe in, in, in Southern Europe and so on, and they just don't have that because nobody sat down and said, we want to build something here. And when we talk about Silicon Valley and so on, but Silicon Valley is Silicon Valley because they started 50 years ago and have been incredibly successful. So no, I think it, it's, it's matured a lot uh, over the past 20 years. Right. So I'm. Uh, I've run through my list of questions. Uh, so if there is anything that I didn't ask about, but you want to talk about, if you if you have anything at all to add, uh, this is the time. 
So that's your final question always, or what is that? That's how it works. <laughs> cool. Very, I, no, I like that question for sure. Um, I, I guess you have a lot of people from the startup community. I want to make sure people obviously check out Vivino, but also my uh, YouTube uh, channel called Raw Startup, where I just do straight talk for, for founders and startups and some advice and so on. Okay, great. We'll do that and I will put links in the show notes. Uh, thank you so much uh, for uh, joining. Thank you so much for taking the time and uh, good luck with Vivino, the YouTube channel and uh, whatever else uh, comes next. Thank you very much. Pleasure. And this is it for our today's episode. Big thanks to Heine Zachariasen of Vivino for joining and big thanks to you for listening. Check out Heine's YouTube channel that's called Row Startup. I will put a link in the show notes. If you like our show, follow us today wherever you listen to your podcast. And if that place has a possibility to rate and review the show, please do that as well. Our audio engineer is by SoundPulse, that is sound-pulse.com. Your questions, suggestions, and opinions are always very, very welcome. Send them by email to podcast at tech.eu. I read every email that comes to that address. This was TechEU Podcast. I am Andre Degler, and I will talk to you again very soon. For now, take care and enjoy your week. Bye-bye.